Thank you for joining us. In today's world, we as grandparents and great-grandparents play major roles in the lives of our grandchildren and great-grandchildren. The question is, what are we doing to influence their lives? Much is said about the financial, health care, and elder care impact upon the world. Yet very little is said about the priority of establishing a solid spiritual legacy to be passed down from generation to generation and leave it to God to take care of the rest. Listen with Bible, pen, and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us. You got a whole lot of time because you're 50. Well, I still got half my life. No, at 50, you don't have your life. You know why? To get 100, that's 50 more years. How many folk in here you think gonna see 100? Do you realize if you are 35, you already at half your life? What's 35 plus 35? You know, do you know how many people don't reach 70? So if you're 35, you are already half time in your life. Ooh, look how quiet they got there. You say, what? You already half time. Stop talking like that. You 45, 46. Somebody, I know here, I was, somebody's house, we had a meeting, and this person was 33 years old, and he was just prancing around. He said, I said, how old are you? He said, I'm 33. He just smiling, just beaming. I looked at him and said, I said, Jesus died at 33. <laughs> Boy, they, they fell out all over the house. They fell out all over. They got fell forward, falling all off the chair. He humbled himself and sat himself down. He, he was just prideful. I'm 33. I said, Jesus died at 33. <laughs> so now, you need to get over yourself. Stop thinking you young. You 35, you not young. You, 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 you in midlife. At 35, you have time. So now y'all, that's 50 and 60. Uh, I'm 66 today. That's why I'm preaching so hard. I may not make it back to see you next Sunday, so I got to give it all I got today. Somebody said, what you going to do for your birthday? I said, preach. <laughs> preach. <laughs> what I normally do. They said, what are you going to do? Preach. So God requires you still bear fruit in this season of your life. Psalms 92, 14 says, they shall bear fruit. Underline, bear fruit. Bear fruit in old age. Stop saying you young at heart. The Bible doesn't say nothing about young at heart. The Bible doesn't say nothing about you being seasoned. The Bible says old. Say old. old. David said, I once was young, but now I'm old. No, I'm seasoned? It says what? Young at heart. See, y'all don't even want to say it. You old. Old. If you don't want to admit it, I'm telling you, you old. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. If you are negligent in maintaining your freshness and vitality before the Lord, you will grow stale and unproductive. You must refuse to believe the lie that you are too old to be used by God. The days are too evil for you to be coasting or quitting. According to Genesis 7, 6, 
Noah was almost 500 years old when he started building the ark and was 600 years old when the flood waters came. This shows that you are not too old to be mightily used of God. Nelson Mandela was a revolutionary who did not see the fruit of his labor until much later in life. In 1994, after spending 26 years in prison, and when he was almost 76 years old, almost 76, Mandela was elected president of South Africa. In the first election that was open to all races in that country's history. In 1979, stop saying you're too old. In 1979, at age 69, Mother Teresa received the Nobel Peace Prize for her work with the poor in Calcutta, India. The great Spanish painter Pablo Picasso produced some of his greatest works at the age of 90. Arthur Rubinstein, the great Polish-American pianist, gave one of his greatest recitals at the age of 89. Exodus chapter 3, God called Moses at the age of 80 years old. Stop saying you too old. In Joshua chapter 14, verse 12, Caleb at the age of 85 said, give me this mountain. Stop saying you too old, therefore refuse to believe the lie of Satan that you are too old to be used by God. Psalms 92, 14 says, they shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be fresh and flourishing. It is not over until you cross the finish line right into the presence of the Lord. My friend, are you bearing fruit in this season of your life? If not, you need to make up your mind to start bearing fruit to the glory of God today. Number five, as grandparents, you need to use every God-given moment to personally testify of who the Lord is to you and what he has done for you. As grandparents, you ought to be testifying. Your uh, testimonials ought to be flying all over the place. As grandparents, you need to use every God-given moment to personally testify of who the Lord is to you and what he's done for you to cultivate spirituality in your grandchildren as you hand your faith down to them. Psalms 92, 15 says to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him in the text. You must testify to your grandchildren that the Lord is your God. Testify that he's a great and mighty God. Testify, Grandma. Testify, uh, Gigi. Uh, testify, Paw Paw. Whatever they call you. Lee Lee, ooh ooh. Testify. <laughs> and the same God who took care of you will take care of them if they seek after the Lord as you did with their whole heart. You must also tell your grandchildren that the Lord is the only rock upon which they can build their lives. The Lord is your shepherd. He is the only rock upon which you can build your life. Even in the midst of changing times, stand on the rock of Jesus. In the midst of changing cultures, stand 
on the rock of Jesus. You tell your grandchildren, I've been walking and serving God a long time and I'm not tired yet. Even in the midst of the legalization of drugs, you tell them you don't do drugs, stand on the rock of Jesus. Even in the midst of political correctness, you tell them stand on the rock of Jesus. Even in the midst of a narcissistic, self-absorbed society, you tell them to stand on the rock of Jesus. Even in the midst of transgenderism, don't change your sex. You stand on the rock of Jesus. Let a boy be a boy. Let a girl be a girl and be who God created you to be to the glory of God. Stand on the rock of Jesus. Even in the midst of same-sex marriage, grandparents, you tell your children, don't you waver, you stand on the rock of Jesus. Even in the midst of a compromising generation, you say, don't you compromise, don't you lie, don't you steal, don't you murder, don't you hate, you stand on the rock of Jesus. Even in the midst of the glamorization of sin, you tell them to stand on the rock of Jesus. It is imperative, it is critical, it is crucial that we make much of Christ to our grandchildren and our grandchildren. I reiterate and I submit to you today, ladies and gentlemen, it is imperative. It is a must. It is crucial that we make much of Christ to our grandchildren in this generation before we pass off the scene. Number six, especially in this season of your life, you as grandparents need to increase your time in the presence of the Lord. Especially in this season of your life, you need to increase your time in the presence of God. Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the path of life. You will show me the path of life. In your presence, underline that, in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In the presence of God, my friends, the Lord will reveal spiritual insights to parents and grandparents alike. When you spend time in the presence of God, when you get away from technology, when you get away from television, when you get away from people and relationships, and you spend time in the presence of God, God will give you spiritual insight into your grandchildren, into your siblings, into your parents. He will help you. When you're in the presence of God, sitting in his presence, kneeling in his presence, lying down in his presence, uh, he will provide direction in your life about medication, about career, about where you're going to live, about what to do and what not to do. He will give you spiritual strength. Spiritual strength comes from being in the presence of God. Encouragement comes from being in the presence of God. There are many times you're not going to have people encouraging you. So you have to encourage yourself by being in the presence of God. Contentment comes from being in the presence of God. You want to know God's will for your life? Sit in the presence of God and say, God, I'm in a quandary about this. I don't know which way to go. And I can ill afford to mess this decision up. Will you in the name of Jesus show me exactly what I am to do? And don't let my best attempt go forward if that is not of you. The will of God is revealed in his presence. When you are in the presence of God, he will bring rest to you. He will reduce your blood pressure. You're too stressed out. Some of you trying to be God in everybody's life. 
The worst thing you can have is a controlling grandfather, a controlling mama, a controlling great grandpa. You gonna tell everybody what to do, how to do, when to do. You and everybody. But sometimes you say, "Listen, I don't tell my children are grown, and I tell you what I do. I tell them what's on my heart from the Lord, and then I release them to God. I release them to God. Even my married children, I tell them, I say, here's what I think." Here's what I sense, but at the end of the day, you have to go to God and make a decision for your family. No, if you don't do this, I, don't come to my house. I ain't speaking to you. I, don't forget, I'm your, I, we bought you in this world. Stop that. Stop being in control. That's why you got high blood pressure and stressing yourself out. Stop, stop trying to be everybody's God. Send them to God. Send them to God. Don't let your grandchildren stress you out. Send them to God. I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you. Sometimes God lets you hit hard spots so you can come to your senses. And when, listen, when they get to those tough spots, don't try to bail them out too quick. Let them linger in those consequences. You don't give God a chance to, to deal with them because you're trying to help them before the, their consequences are complete. Look how quiet it got then. You can overhelp your children. Small them. Rest comes in the presence of God. You listen, you are consoled in the presence of God. Some of you here, your heart is troubled. You are you, you here. It's some child even. You don't have to be old. You can be young and have trouble. Your heart is heavy. But I'm going to tell you what, if you sit in God's presence and say, Lord, calm my fears and my pain and my anxiety, God will do that. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30 says, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. I am gentle. You know, grandparents, God is a gentle God. Don't you want God to be gentle with you? Then you need to be gentle to your family. Uh, yeah. Didn't you hear your mama? The worst thing you can have is a screaming grandma. Yeah, that's right. Just, uh, uh, and a daddy that's, that, that, that everybody, a granddaddy that everybody's scared of. You're hollering, you're screaming, you're, you, you're raging, you're not, you rough, calculating, manipulative, and wonder why you're sick. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Some of you all are carrying burdens that the Lord has not authorized you to carry. Did you hear what I just said? You need to write that down. Some of you, the reason you are messed up right now, your blood pressure's up, you're stressed out, is because you are carrying burdens that the Lord has not authorized you to carry. Number seven, a godly grandparent must be willing to fight to preserve the spiritual foundation of your children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. Again, a godly grandparent must be willing to fight to preserve the spiritual foundation of your children, grandchildren, and great-grandchildren. Nehemiah chapter four, verse 14 says, And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, to the rest of the people, 
Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord great and awesome. And underline this, fight. Say fight. Fight Fight for your brethren. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your wives. Fight for your very houses. But I ask the question, is there any fight left in you? Grandparents, Satan desires to destroy you and your family, and he will use anything at his disposal to destroy your family. He doesn't play fair. If you are not willing to fight for the very souls of your family, then you will lose your future posterity that God has entrusted to you. The scripture says in Psalms 11:3, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Grandparents, you are the pillars in the family. You're the matriarchs, you know, you're the matriarch. You're all of that in the family. You're the backbone. You're the pillar. You're the rock. As you build your life on the rock, you see, if the foundations are destroyed, what can the righteous do? Number eight, as I conclude, beloved, it will be absolutely impossible To survive these troubled times unless you hold on ever so tightly to the promises of God and never let them go. Let me repeat that again. That's a big one. If you're going to survive these times, these are troubling times. Beloved, if if you're going to survive these terrible, troubling times, you must hold on to the promises of God ever so tightly closely and never let them go. Here are a few scripture promises to encourage you in your faith and walk with God. Allow me to encourage you with the scriptures. Here are some scriptures to help you hold on through your turbulence and trouble, heartaches and pains. Because after all, you don't know what your children are doing when they're not around you. Huh? Don't ever say what your children won't do. Matter of fact, don't you ever say what you won't do. All these sins are in the Bible because after we get saved, you still have that fleshly Adamic nature in you with the propensity to do some of this sinful baggage. So let me encourage you with the word of God. First of all, uh, you have the assurance of God's presence. You have the assurance of God's presence. Joshua chapter 1 verse 9 says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I love that last part. For the Lord your God is with you. Now, when you forget that the Lord is with you, you're going to worry, you're going to stress out, you're going to be a hot mess. But when you know the Lord is with you wherever you go, that's a sedative, that's calming, that's soothing. Uh, Next, You have the assurance of God's peace. The next word of encouragement, you have the assurance of God's peace. John, the gospel of John chapter 14, verse 27 says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, grandmothers, grandfathers, parents, young people. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I leave you my peace. Peace is not in alcohol, it is not in drugs, 
It is not in technology. It is not in Facebook. It is not in Twitter. It is not in all that. It's in Christ alone. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Next, the promises of God will remove your fear. The promises of God will remove your fear. Proverbs chapter 3, verses 24 through 26 says, when you lie down, I love this one. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. That's why some of you can't sleep because you're afraid. You're afraid of what might happen. You're afraid of what might not happen. You don't know where your children are. You don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. You, you don't know you, the cost of drugs, the cost of medication, the cost of insurance. You've got more bills than money, and you're afraid. Yes, you will lie down, and your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror. We don't know what's coming to America, especially in light of her situation and her sinfulness. Do not be afraid of sudden terror, nor of trouble from the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. Let me give you another promise of God. The promises of God relieve worry and anxiety. The promises of God relieves worry and anxiety. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7 says, don't worry about anything. What? Anything? Anything. That difficult child, that wayward child, that child don't, don't like school, don't like to read, that child with a bad attitude, that child you can't find, the wife who's AWOL, the husband who's brutal, mean, careless, negligent, turn him over to Jesus. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Instead of worry, thank God for what he's going to do. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live for Christ Jesus. Finally, but not the least, the promises of God gives you the assurance of eternal, of our eternal home in heaven. The promises of God gives you the assurance of our eternal home in heaven. I love this great passage in the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. It says, Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Also, there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city. That's heaven, y'all. New Jerusalem, that's heaven. Coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. And God, I love this part right here for those of you who are grieving, for those of you who are hurting, and God, and God, and God, and God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. 
and there shall be no more death. Can you imagine a place with no more death, no more mortuary, no more tombstone, no more graves, no more dying, no sorrow, sadness is all gone. No more crying. Won't even be able to cry anymore. There shall be no more pain. Grandparents, that's you. No more pain. No more arthritis, migraines, vein problems, heart problems, disease problems, kidney problems, breathing problems, problems, eye problems, glaucoma, you name it, blood pressure. No more pain. No more needles. No more doctors. No more hospitals. No more bills. No more insurance. No more pain. Look, for the former things have passed away. I dare you to put your eyes on heaven and keep your eyes fixed there. After all, you're going there. How many of you know you're going to heaven when you transition? When you know that you know you're going to heaven? When you know without a doubt when you're going to heaven? When things start going awry. Say like the psalmist, I will lift up my eyes. To the hills from whence cometh my help. My help cometh from the Lord. Look to Jesus and he will carry you through. And all God's children said, amen. Amen. Let's pray. And Father, we thank you for this message. To grandparents, parents, great-grandparents, Teenagers, children, youth, you left us here with purpose. Oh, God, I pray that grandparents who don't have a church home would come forward today. Grandparents who are not sure of their salvation would get right with Jesus today. Grandparents who are lonely, who are hurting, who are confused, who, are, who need an answer, who are disturbed, who are at a crossroad. Help them today, Lord. Give them rest. Give them peace. Infuse them with hope. Oh, God, you brought them here. Their their presence today is no accident. You knew before the world were created they would be here today to hear this message because they needed it so badly. And, Father, may they not sit down, but may they respond. And say, I not let the devil keep me in this seat. I will rise, come to Jesus, and fulfill my God-given destiny in this season of my life. In Jesus' name, and all God's children's head. The Word of God says that wisdom and understanding belong to the old. And He commands us to let our lights shine among our children and grandchildren. Truly, it is time for grandparents to rise and shine for Christ in troubling times. By loving and patiently setting the spiritual tone for our families, we can make a difference and change will come. If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit www.maranathasa.org where you will find an archive of audio messages, service times, directions to the church, upcoming events, and much more. You can also reach us at 210-821-5683. 
Maranatha Bible Church is located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas 78109, directly across from Randolph Air Force Base.